Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet weekly podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is another bonus preview show for you tonight, guys. We're going to have a wee look at the Dungeon United game. Plus, obviously, we'll also talk about uh, that epic event last night uh, in Belgium. Incredible game. Uh, so we'll talk about that and, and, and all that came out of it. Uh, as I keep on saying to you guys, it's not just the, the pod that we have here at Jersnet. Uh, we have the forums, we have articles, uh, there's a history archive on there, there's social media. Uh, so get yourself onto the website and forums if you can. If this is the first time that you've watched us or listened to us, we would ask you to subscribe uh, and put the word out there in social media. Uh, we're live tonight, uh, we're live on the Friday night, but the, the podcast will be available to stream and download on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual places that you get your podcast, guys. Uh, that's the opening gump out the road, the worst bit of the show. I always hate that bit. Uh, it's the bit where I always trip up on my words. But now I can bring in my guest, uh, and it's David Wren tonight. How are you, David? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, just about recovered from last night, really. It was uh, it was quite interesting, because I like, we've got a WhatsApp chat, obviously, with Jersnet guys, and <clears throat> Alec had said uh, Alec Anderson had said about um, not being able to sleep last night, and I, I felt the same. I went to my bed, and I've been I've been working sort of early shifts this week, um, and I just couldn't I couldn't get to sleep. I think it was just the amount of adrenaline that had been coursing through my veins, especially yeah. in that last sort of thirty minutes of last night's game. Um, so yeah, no, it was a good night, but I no all good, all good here, um, and I know it's all good in your house after I gave you that little golden ticket for your, your yeah, free beer I'm, I'm having I'm having problems I can't I can't get any I'm gonna to have to do it on my laptop or try to do it on my phone and it wasn't working so I'm gonna to have to try and, and and do it on my laptop. Uh, but yeah I love that David's very kindly sent me a ticket that will get me some free beer so always appreciated. Thank you David. Uh, but I was the same last night. I I, I mean I was just uh, I, w- I was saying to Frankie before we came on air I think last night was the first time I watched the game through lockdown where I completely forgot that there was no crowd. You know, I was just totally immersed in the game. It was just so, especially as you say, the last sort of half an hour. I mean, the whole second half was dramatic, but the last sort of half hour was uh, really dramatic. And the last 10 minutes was just mm-hmm. off the scale. Uh, so, I mean, I, I came in after the game. I came into the kitchen, bashed out the, the, the match report for the for the site. And then I went back in and watched the 90 minutes again. <laughs> and, then, and then when the 90 minutes finished again, when I, when I, when I switched it off, the highlights was just starting on BT Sports. I thought, right, I'll sit and watch it again. So I was the same. It was like the back of two or something before I got to my bed because I was just, I was just pure buzzing. You know what I mean? It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was good stuff. Uh, so what are you drinking tonight? We always have a cheeky wee beer on a um, Friday. I've got this Jaipur thing. Came uh, a wee delivery I got last week, <clears throat> which actually came during the Commandment game uh, on Saturday. It literally came to the door. So it's just a little. It's got a green label. There's only problem. So that's why. Shortly before we went live, I went and got a wee glass for my, <laughs> my, my beer. So I've got a wee no, but, of green in my shirt. So I, but usually, as you say, I mean the the first gambit of the podcast is usually the most nerve wracking. So normally I stay off the booze in the big flagship Sunday night show, but <laughs> the Fridays are the night. I, it's a wee bit more TGI Fridays this one. So uh, so I, the, Friday, the Friday show is always a wee bit more relaxed, isn't it? Because you know it's the finish the working week and yeah. you're looking forward to the game. But the, before we look forward to Dungeon United, we need to talk about last night, David. I mean, it was just uh, incredible. It was an incredible game of football. Uh, I mean, obviously Rangers came out uh, winners in the end, four three, last minute Borna, but just ninety minutes of pure adrenaline. And you would have to say over the piece, I thought Rangers. Uh, I mean, there was things we could improve on, especially defensively, but I, I think we deserved the win. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, weirdly, and I was thinking about this, I sort of watched the highlights just before I came on air, and actually the first half an hour of the game, I don't know if you agree with this, it was the most bored I've been during a, a Rangers game this season. I just felt like it was it was really going nowhere for us until we scored the goal. Um, and it, it, was going to, it was always going to take that for us, I think, to get that first goal. It was going to take like a a wee nick off someone or, or just a mistake and, and obviously that's what, what it proved to be the goalie making a, a bad error in, in a Rebo scoring now w- one thing that did happen last night was there was all that injury time so obviously they scored and I thought shit but I was like right I'm going to go and sort myself out and get a cup of tea or whatever it was I was doing and um, so and then my, my missus was telling me a story 
from like their work. I was standing listening and then I just looked at my phone and all my mates were like, I can't believe that, I can't believe So I'd missed the full penalty thing. So I had to go back in the BT Sport um, stream that I was watching. And I, I mean, I had the benefit of being able to rewind it numerous times while I was watching it. I just couldn't believe. I know we'll come on to the decisions and stuff like that, but that was an incredible um, decision. And with the, you know, with the benefit of VR, which, you know, and, and really gives you the benefit of hindsight almost, uh, for them to still deem that a, a penalty was was quite incredible, um, and then the second half, I mean, it was just un- unbelievable. But I know we'll come on to to a lot of the individual performances, but one person who you know, and I mentioned this to you today, but for me, I thought second half Barisic was just immense. I thought the way I thought he, he almost took upon himself um, the the leadership that Tavernier brings on the pitch, and Tavernier is a quiet leader, but. He leads by example and wanting the ball all the time, wanting to drive the team forward. And I felt like Barisic last night, especially the second half, you know, obviously he was, he was poor at the goal, their, their first goal, but um, I felt like he, he was always available. When you actually watch it back, the chances we had second half, he was involved in most of them in some way or another. Um, obviously put that great cross in for Hadji. It just felt like he came out second half and thought, right, Tav's, Tav's not going to be on the other side. We're going to have Balligan who... To be fair to him, I thought grew into the game, but it was obviously not going to be that same attacking threat from the right hand side. And it felt like Barisic, you know, took it upon himself to to really grab the game, the scuff in the neck, and get us up the field along with Ryan Kent on the same side, who was who was immense. Um, but no, it's just a great game of football, and I think for us this season, especially in the last few weeks, we've been you know seeing a lot of games that maybe aren't quite as good. But no, that was brilliant, and I think yeah. As you say, I thought we, we were by far the better team and actually could could probably have scored more goals in the game um, if, if things had gone a different way. I, th- I mean, I think we should have scored more. I, I mean, I put out on Twitter, I think it was sort of about half-time, that it was starting to feel like young boys because that night we, we dominated and then got sort of sucker punched towards, towards the end of the game. And then in the second half, I think when it went three two, I was like, "No, I take it back. This is starting to feel like Spartak Moscow." You know what I mean? That night, because I mean that night we were all over them as well, and then we ended up in the, uh, the the losing side. But I, I mean, I think it's testament to how Stephen Gerrard and the team have progressed and evolved over the last couple of years. I, th- I think it might have been Frankie that was sticking on the WhatsApp today that you know last year or even the year before we would have lost that game. You know, we, we wouldn't have come back from the from the from the the setbacks. I mean, we had several all the way through it with injuries and then the you know the poor defending leading at the goals. But the spirit and the team just it was just superb, and it made it made it for an entertaining watch. I, I want to talk about the starting lineup though because we we'd spoke about it before yesterday before the game, and you know we were sort of speculating. I don't think any has saw the team that, that Stephen Gerrard selected, and I'm I'm going to maybe be slightly controversial because we we got the result and we got the win, and that's I suppose what matters. But I'm not convinced that was the right team to start that game. I wasn't convinced we started Roof, and I think that's been proven because, you know, he wasn't fit. I didn't think our field looked as if he was up to, to full speed as well. But, I mean, the team the team got the result, but a, a, a strange start in 11, I thought. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was, and I think, you know, you and I had sort of discussed the, the team during the day, as you say, and I think I'd, I'd thought that Ruth and, and, and Kent Morellas would be the front three with uh, Kamara, um, Davis, and, and Jack. I thought that was the most obvious lineup. Uh, and yeah, I was surprised to see Arfield, especially because Ruth, you could understand because he'd, he'd played games and he was, he was suspended, so he was probably fit, or we, we thought he would be fit. Um, Arfield, you know, hasn't played a full game or, or certainly no more than however long 20 minutes he played on Saturday for you know two months so I was quite surprised and I think it showed in the game really I thought Arfield you know Arfield we're used to is a all action midfielder I thought last night just looked a bit off the pace from the start looked a bit slack um, I thought Roof was the same Roof just didn't look very sharp at all he looked very leggy from yeah, the start yeah a couple of times yeah I, was, I mean even even the first goal you know, if that's a full, fully fit roof, I, I don't know. I just felt like he was just always stretching for balls. He was always sort of just not quite getting the connections on on his touch and on his passes. And the same with Arfield, I feel like a lot of things were breaking down with Arfield as well. So yeah, I think I think in hindsight, again, 
you know, Jack would probably have been a more obvious choice um, for that midfield three. But we, we were okay. That that's until we could see the first goal. I thought we were we were okay. We were in control of the game just without really doing much. Um, but yeah, I think I think if Gerald picked the team again, he would maybe rethink a couple of selections. But you know, maybe he. I I wonder if he saw it as more of a of it potentially being an easier game or a more comfortable game than it than it turned out to be. I, th- I think Gerard fancied it last night. I must admit, there was comments he made before the game. Uh, he was sort of saying, you know, that we're aware that they've got a few players out, and that sort of struck me that he was going for it. And even the way as, as the game progressed, <clears throat> you know, when we went three two down, let's be honest, that isn't a bad result away from Europe. You know, I mean, you've got two away goals, you've set yourself up for a you know a good opportunity to do the business in the second leg, and then when we went three three, you're thinking, well, that's a great result. But at no point did we stop looking for the winner. You know, we kept going and we kept going. So I, I, I do, I think, I think Gerrard's tried to name a team to get the job done. Uh, I think he fancied it last night. On to the negative stuff, David, uh, the, the the injuries to, to Tavern Roof. Now, Roof, you know, I, I'm not saying it's not as bad, but, you know, he is a kind of in-and-out player. You know, he plays for five, six games. He's out for three or four. So kind of used to it with Roof and... You know, I think Gerard says it's a calf again, so they're going to have to maybe look at it and get a specialist in and, and try and sort it. Tav's a wee bit more worrying, and I think we all felt something was destined to happen, given, you know, what, what happened to Nathan Patterson earlier on in the week. But it's, it could be a wee bit more worrying because we are, I mean, I know his form's dipped a wee bit recently. You know, I've, I've, I've even seen people complaining about how he's playing at the moment, but I, I don't think they're taking into consideration how high his standard was, you know, early on. Was it 17 goals or something he's got this season? Umpteen assists. You know, that, that's kind of eased off a wee bit, but he's still, as you just pointed out there, he's so integral to the team going forward. And at this moment, I, I mean, I think we all know what the injury is. You know, they're all talking about a medial ligament and all that kind of stuff, but that can, I think Gerard said today, that can be three or four days. It can be three or four weeks. It can be three or four months. It just depends how bad it is. So that potentially could be, you know, a heavy price to pay for for the win last night. Yeah, it, it looked like a bad one. Um, it looked like he sort of jarred his knee off the guy. Uh, as you say, it was just it felt it felt like it was destined to happen. I mean, the amount of times, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I text you and my dad had texted me just shortly after. Just typical. I mean, that was always going to happen. Um, he's not been injured, you know. I can't remember Tavernier being injured for more than one or two games in the whole, you know, five or six years he's been here. Um, and then the minute that the, the young right back makes a stupid decision, uh, that's what happens. So um, I think Nathan Patterson will be, will be wondering what if, you know, what would have happened if I'd been on the bench that night and could have got a big opportunity. But um, yeah. I think it was quite noticeable when Balogun came on because, as I say, I thought I thought second half, you know, that that run for the, the second, the chance for Kent just after the the goal, the, I think it was the third goal. Um, he would that run was fantastic from the right hand side, and he sort of cut in, and it was a bit like uh, Wicker against Sporting Lisbon type, you know, he just yeah. seemed to take it past everyone. Um, so I thought he grew into the game, but you could just tell when he came on that we missed that out ball because the thing about Tavernier is. It doesn't matter um, how we're playing, what result, what the result is at that moment in time. He's never going to be a player that's not going to show for the ball. And Balogun coming on, you know, who's played large, well, played completely at centre-half for us, it's always going to be difficult. And I think the two irreplaceable almost positions in our team are probably the left-back and the right-back in the sense of how they play. We don't really have an obvious um, straight swap even even taking into account the boys that are now going to be suspended or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, when he went off, it just felt a bit disjointed for maybe five or ten minutes, but aye, difficult to lose him and it's going to be difficult to replace him. It was interesting actually to see Gerald's comments today about um, you know trusting Balogun, but if they have to go in to the transfer free transfer market or emergency market, they will. I don't really look at just who the free agents were and you know, online and that's not a great selection. Yeah. So um, the only one that the only one that caught my eye was the boy Rafinha that played for Bayern Munich, but he's thirty five now. And he may have won seven Bundesligas, but I'm just not sure that that's the sort of guy that's going to come in. So um 
Uh, it's going to be difficult. And I think I'm feeling lost about that because Tavernier's the type of, type of boy to go down and get taken off with something that's not serious. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if it could be, you know, mantra and weeks, but hopefully not. Well, I mean, I think Gerard said today, you know, it's that type of injury, you know, straight away. I mean, I think no matter how, you know, whether it's at the the, the, the sort of not so serious side of the scale or the, you know, the, the very serious side of the scale, you're still not going to be able to play on in a game once you've done it. You know, I mean, you, I think Alan Hutton was saying the same last night as well, that he'd done it. Uh, I mean, in terms of getting into the market, I think that depends on the scan and, and you know, whether Tav's going to be back and, as you say, sort of, couple of days or you know a couple of weeks or a couple of months but I it's as it's, it's, it's a sore one on Patterson you know the the, the whole thing I mean it, it really is I mean part of me feels for the boy and part of me thinks he deserves everything he gets because he's, he's been so foolish but part of me thought today when I was sitting thinking about it that any chance that he had of salvaging his Rangers career might have just actually went out the window but because his actions have now led the Rangers without the, a right back, they might need to go into the market. You know, that's surely something that Stephen Gerrard's going to mention when he, when he gets to sit down with him in two or three weeks' time. He's going to say, because of you, I have had to go into the market. The club's had to spend money, bring someone else in. And that feels like that any chance that he maybe was going to salvage his career maybe just went with that incident last night. Uh, it certainly magnifies it, doesn't it? It, it makes it... Um, it was the worst thing that could have happened because, for him because straight away he's the first person that comes to mind because you think Jesus he was meant to be the boy that was going to come in and um, fill that gap so yeah that, it's not it's not worked out well for the boy and I think it, you know as you say that there is a chance that Gerald will look at that and say look how stupid you've been um, so yeah I mean Penny for his thoughts it be interesting to know what he's thinking tonight yeah, won't let on too much because I'm sure he's he's feeling it. The referee, David, I need to talk about the referee and some of the decisions last night. And VAR, uh, now, as you said earlier on, the penalty decision was, was just farcical. It, it really was. And I thought Stephen Davis was very sort of restrained in his interview afterwards and, and how, he, how he handled it. I also think he was, he was talking yellow cards about like confetti. You know what I mean? It just seemed to be if he bumped into someone or looked at someone the wrong way, you were getting booked. And I've, I mean, at, at half time, you know, 44 minutes into the game, Rangers have won nothing up, very comfortable. And then in the 53rd minute of the first half, or 2 1 down, and the game's all of a sudden turned on its head. So, I mean, the first thing was the, the, the amount of injury time that he added on in the, in the first half. I don't know where he got that. Then there was the, the, the penalty. I actually turned to my boy and I've, I've, I always try and stay away for the sort of paranoia stuff. I actually turned to my boy last night. I said, you know what? I said, I think someone's got it, this ref. It, it, he's so bad. The only conclusion I can come to is he's, he's, he's been bought off. You know what I mean? And, and then when he came out in the second half, he made some terrible decisions in our favour. And you're just like, no, actually, he's just a really shit referee. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. has he got to that standard before? Uh, it, was, it was strange. I was actually half waiting when he went to check the screen for the, the Morellas penalty. I was half waiting for him just to blow and give them a penalty up the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Send Cora Goldson off. Um, but I, it was strange. Man for Morellas. I, I, it, was the, I, it was the weirdest. Um, it was just strange. It was The, the one that I, I, I thought was weird was when... Um, when Arfield went in for that one in the box and he sort of put his leg up and then he's taking it down. You know, it was just a, a high foot, but, you know, it was a foul. And he booked him and I just thought... Aye. And then it was quite interesting to hear Alec Ray say the same and then Stephen Craig and try and justify the yellow card, which seemed yeah. to be... They had some sort of good cop, bad cop thing going on last night in terms of uh, the commentary. That was bizarre, but maybe going to that later. Um, but it was, a, it was a strange refereeing performance. But I find that in Europe sometimes... You just get referees who it's as if they get caught up in the game sometimes. And I don't I, I'm not a big referee basher. I don't really look into it too much. And I think there's I think in Scotland there's there's quite a big focus on referees and they're, they're almost celebrities in themselves in, in the footballing world. Um I try not to get too personal with referees. There's a few that I really don't like and that if the referee games I've I've seen them have a few shockers. Um but generally I'm not a big referee hitter. I think sometimes, though, you do get referees in Europe who lose control of the game and then feel like they've got to justify decisions previously 
with similar decisions. And I think the guy was getting caught in this sort of cycle of bad decision making. So it felt like he had to book. So as if he was going through his own head and saying, right, I booked that guy for that small thing. So you're getting booked for that high foot because I've got to be consistent. And then all of a sudden, every decision he's making is yeah, just coming yeah. from pure emotion rather than, you know, it's almost like he painted logic. himself into a corner. Because he makes a, I think that's why the referees that let the first couple go tend to be the better referees, you know, they, 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 they let the players get the nervous energy out of the system. No. I tend to find referees that start chucking cards about early doors. They've painted themselves into a corner. They're, they're, they've set the precedent and then, and, and then that's it. I think, um, I, I, I don't I don't envy them. I, I would hate to be a referee. I refereed one game when I was about 15 for a under nines and I think they called me a, they called me a few bad words. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I mean the nine-year-old. So, uh, I, I wouldn't thank you to referee a football game. I think it's just the most horrendous experience ever. But I, I think the guy, as I say, I think it was more making decisions in emotion rather than logic last night. And that was perhaps what happened. And it's but the thing I don't get, and they really, I mentioned this at the top of the show, the thing I really don't get is how they can look at that on VAR. VAR is a thing I don't like, actually. I think it's ruining the game a wee bit, but, um, especially in England. But... How can you look at that and see that as a penalty? You know, with all those different angles, basically what's happened is Davis, who's not a guy, not a rash player, kicks the guy's left ankle and he throws himself in the air. That yeah. was what baffled me. And, you know, that it wasn't even a kick. He tapped him. You know what I mean, it wasn't like he even went in. He just made contact. I think the thing is, you know, the, the full point in VAR is to support referees and give them the opportunity to... Um, rectify decisions that they've maybe got wrong because they've been at a bad angle or they've just not seen it correctly. But what's the point in the VAR? Even the one in the first half, that was a penalty. The yeah. handball for me. If you're going by the current handball rules and what we've seen, and I think all we want with refereeing decisions and all we want in football is consistency. I sound like I've, I'm paid by the club to say that. But that's that's been the party line the past few weeks from the club and I think that's absolutely right. I think you want consistency in the game. And I don't agree with these handballs but if you're going to give them in some games, then you can't not give them in others. And I, I thought, I thought that handball was arguably more of a penalty than the one we got. The one we so. got. That, that, that was the point I was going to come to, you know, because it was VAR. I mean, we got a penalty that I've, I've got to be honest, I didn't claim for it. You know, no one in my house shouted penalty. I didn't see many players claiming for, for you know the penalty that won the game. For us. you know, you'd, you would have to say that that VAR's kind of done its job there, right? But if it's done its job there, how did it not pick the one up in the first half? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And another one, you know, the, the, the one that, that it picked up, uh, the Morelos one, you know, how is that not a red card? Because the guy's not making any attempt to play the ball. You know, he's, he's simply pulling on Morelos' shirt. So when when the referee is told, you, you might need to look at this again, why is he not getting told, well, by the way, you, you'll need to issue a red card. So it's again, it's a con- consistency. And you know what? I think VAR makes it, Less consistent. I, I think it makes it worse. Mm. You know what I mean? So no, I'm, I, I must admit, I'm 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 not overly impressed with, with VAR and the referee last night. Don't get me wrong, we can laugh about it now. We've won, you know what I mean? And we're in a good position to go through. But it, it was stressing me out last night, especially in the first half. Uh, anyway, on to Ryan Kent. I thought he was worth worth talking about. I thought when he came on, uh, he really made a difference. You know, and we've, we've sort of spoke about him recently in, in a couple of the shows. Not. Uh, bashing them in any way, but sort of questioning if we're getting sort of value for money. You know, there was seven million pound he cost. He wasn't he quite producing uh, his best form. He uh, showed it last night in that goal. I, I think it was John that went and touched me on the the WhatsApp this morning, and he said that there's ten players in and around him when he gets a shot away. There's ten players in the penalty box when when he gets that shot away. Just incredible, you know what I mean? A wee give and go with Morelos, who again I thought was impressive last night as well. Cuts inside, brilliant finish, and that really gave us a platform uh, to go on and win it. Yeah, I thought. Um, I think the thing with with Ryan Kent is, and it's easy to say after a performance like that, like that last night, but I think he showed why he plays every week. He is a fantastic player on his day. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to keep that level of consistency. And to be honest. If he kept the level of consistency that he showed last night, I don't think he would be at Rangers. Yeah. He'd still be at Liverpool or he'd be, you know, somewhere in, in the English Premier League. So there's a reason why we have him at the moment. But I think when he shows performances like that last night, you know, he does this fantastic thing where you don't see this from a lot of players, especially now, where 
he gets the ball and he can he can run at the goal. He can run at goal. He can then sort of trap the ball and just moves his body. And when he moves his body, the defender just bamboozled. He did it against Dundee United um, at Ibrox earlier this season uh, when he when he scored the opening goal of that game. And last night, it's, he doesn't even look at the ball. He's just looking at how he can get his body and get the ball away from the defender. And yeah. I thought it was, uh, it was a great finish. And I thought, I thought actually the the second one would have been an even better goal. The one that I've already mentioned when Balogun sort of ran through and um, he was set up by I think it was Aribo or Morelos that set him up. Uh, and then the goalie made a good save, but that had been a fantastic goal as well. But I thought he just showed a bit, you know. Um, directness for his last night he, he had a bit of drive and that was probably what we needed just someone with a bit of arrogance that could get the ball and make something happen so yeah if he if he can keep that level um, and even if it is just for a half that would probably do us you know to get us over the line this season and to, to I don't know if European football suits him a wee bit more but um, I thought he was excellent last night and actually Third time I'm going to mention this chance, but that that, that chance reminded me of Braga last year when he when he scored. Yeah, when he scored. Um, yeah. So surprised he didn't get that second one, but you know he he made everything happen. You look at the the three goals, or sorry, the two goals in the second half. Um, he scored one, and then the second the second penalty, you know, was all about his uh, movement strike on goal that got the penalty, and I think that might have gone in actually. Um, that strike. So it's good to see him do well because I think he's he's different class he's making a player I, I, I don't like wingers who not to single him out but someone like Jordan Jones who's very much gets the ball and kicks it down the wing and crosses it in the box yeah, I'm much rush. more a Ryan Kent sort of in, inside forward type player that can affect the game in every area of the pitch because I think that's just so much more important the current the, you know the the modern game than, than just having a, a old fashioned winger that kicks the ball down the line I quite enjoyed Craig's attempt to say that it, it hit the boy in the stomach rather than the hand, but uh, we'll not go into that. On to, on to Borna, you know, as, as you said earlier on, uh, David, you know, he had, he had a very productive night, especially in the second half. Two penalties he stepped up, obviously Tav is off, and, and, and who knows, he might not have been taking them penalty anyway because he's, he's had a, a couple of misses recently. But, I mean, the, the first one squeaked in, you know what I mean? The keeper could have got it, but the second one, a lot of pressure took it well and I quite like to be uh, to be dig at the keeper because I, I don't know if you noticed uh, you could see the keeper sort of giving him a bit of verbals before he took it you know what I mean and obviously Borna scored and thought right well I'm going to give you it back so I quite like that so I, a good night for him really and and as you point out he's maybe going to be integral now if Tavernier is going to be out for you know maybe two or three weeks or longer you know we're really going to it's a lot. It's going to come down to him, you know, get to get good deliveries into the box. Yeah, I thought I thought it was great, and I thought that yeah, as you said, the first penalty was a wee bit, um, you know, just squeezed in. But the second one, excellent, and I think with the pressure that was on him, but I think he's got a wee streak of arrogance in him, which yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's creation though, isn't it? They're all mad out there, aren't they? Ah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Remember the young boys game. So I think he's got to be streaking. I mean, actually, it's great to see him show that arrogance and confidence because two years ago when he was here, you know, around this time two years ago, I think we were all thinking it's not going to work out for this boy. But look at him now. I mean, he's, he's I think he'll go. Um, I think there's a good chance that someone will come in for him after the Euros because I think he's, he's an excellent player. Uh, and I think there's every chance that we might get a lot of money for him at some point yeah. uh, whether it's I, th- I think if he has a good Euros I think you're right I think he could go yeah um, but no it's, it's good to see him it's good to see him perform well and I thought last night as I say I think it's going to be quite interesting over the next few weeks because obviously the right back situation I don't think Tavellino will play this weekend for instance so it'll be interesting to see who plays in front of Balogun because you know ordinarily it may be Hadji or Aribo but I would actually wonder if Gerard might look to bring Scott Wright into the fold a wee bit more because he's got legs and he's quick and he's maybe the type that'll do a bit of sort of running up and down the wing that Tavernier would normally do because I can't, I can't see Balogun being able to keep up the level of performance and do the role that, that Tavernier does I just don't think he's he's that sort of 
he's going to be that sort of right back for us. So perhaps he'll be a bit more like a Sasa Papach type, who is very much a defensive fullback. Um, and perhaps that will give Scott Wright an opportunity because he's a bit more plays in the final third and can create things. So you won't be so much expecting that um, that sort of attacking mind, attack mindedness from, from Tavernier. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But yeah, I, I think Barisic will provide a lot of the width in the team now. He'll provide a lot of attacking threat, hopefully. Um, but last night, second half, I thought it was excellent. I think if he continues that, um, he'll, he'll fill the void of, of Tavernier at least. Last night's incident with the goalkeeper, it reminded me of a thing that happened with my, my son when he was playing uh, about a year ago, playing against a team from Mary Hill, and uh, it went to penalties, and, and my son went up to take his, and the goalkeeper started that thing, you know, verbally abusing him, you know, trying to outsike him and all that kind of thing, saying things like, come on big man, what you got, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and my, my boy scored, so he gave him it back. Right, he was like, there you are, get that up, you. And the ref booked him. <laughs> and they booked the keeper. <laughs> booked my laddie. I'm standing on the sideline like a raging dad. You know? so, how does that work? Yeah, so that, 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 that reminded me of that last night. Uh, before we go into Sunday's game, David, I, I think we should talk about Steven Gerrard. And again, you know, we've mentioned that a few times on the show, but his record in Europe is, is incredible. I think it's, he's equaled Walter Smith's record now, 23 wins. Uh, and I think it's 41 games I mean for me I, I mean I, I, was, I was looking at some stuff today his win percentage is the highest uh, of any Rangers manager in Europe since Jock Wallace and and I, and I think I mean I'm I mean I'm 48 next month in my lifetime this is the most consistent run you know over a two or three year period I can remember from any Rangers team really. you know I mean I've, I mean I've seen Rangers teams getting into the Champions League maybe two or three years on the trot but the you know, they had one good year and then two not so good years. It's just been a level of consistency all the way through, pretty much for day one. Uh, and the amount of sort of games like last night we've had, the you know, high drama games like you think of Rapid Vienna, you know, the the, the game over in Firenew. There's been so many big moments. It's, it's as if he's brought that whole Liverpool thing with them. You know, they're, they're quite famous for, you know, big European nights. It's, it's the level of games that we're getting, the level of excitement that we're getting, and the amount of games that we're winning—it's just brilliant. You know, what I mean, I, I, I can't remember feeling so confident. Every European game that comes up, now, I'm like, right, well, who's going to beat us? You know what I mean? And I know that sounds arrogant, but that's how it kind of feels now because we can back it up. Yeah, I think we're just well suited to Europe, and I think the way we set up, the way we play, how organised we are—we're organised without being defensive, which I find. Quite an impressive trait of this team, you know. We're, we're not, um, we don't concede a lot. Of, well, <laughs> we don't normally concede a lot of goals. Uh, last night being the exception to the rule, but um, we're organised, but also really threatening going forward. So I think that that bodes well in Europe, and that bodes well for a team, you know, like us who maybe don't have the same budget as some of the sides in, in the competition. The only time I've seen us really outplayed in Europe was against um, Leverkusen last season. And, you, you know, the, the star man that night um, went to Chelsea for 100 million quid in the summer, so you can accept that, you understand that, but I think even from then, this team and the players we've added have, have taken us up a level, and you know, Gerrard's consistency in Europe, uh, hopefully he delivers the, the league title in the coming weeks, and you know people can, can look at the European record properly, because I feel like at the moment, you, you talk about Gerrard as Rangers manager, and Everyone seems to say, you know, well, where are the trophies? I think his performances in Europe have, have really helped the club get back in its feet, get a bit of reputation again, and just not be such a laughing stock that we were before he came in. Because really, when you look at it, that's what we were. Even when we had Bruno Alves and all these kind of guys, yeah. we were still a joke, really, to everyone else, because we were still this sort of team of, you know, uh, sort of soft players that if they're going to get tough, they would just chuck it. Um, but this team doesn't seem to be like that. And I think they showed that last night. They didn't panic at any stage. They they kept playing their game. Um, it would have been easy to sort of turn around and say, right, we'll, we'll maybe just sit in and try and nick the 3-2 and then we can take them back to Ibrox. But they kept going, kept, kept believing in what they would, well, what they say in the game nowadays, believing in the process. Uh, and 
paid dividends because you know we got the two goals we wanted and um, yeah he's been a revelation for us in Europe and I think you know people can look at the the fact that it's the only Europa League but the, the amount of qualifiers you know this season not quite as many but in previous seasons you know you're talking I think is it eight games both seasons maybe eight yeah eight, I think it was four games. qualifying rounds yeah uh, so incredible consistency and yeah the, I think he's been fantastic and, and long may it continue and hopefully you know people as, as I say about the you know the league titles thing and the, and the trophies aspect of it the Champions League next season I've got no doubt we can go and hold our own there and I don't think you would see a Steven Gerrard team go to the you know Paris and get beat 7-1 for instance I might come back and eat my words uh, <laughs> one day but I can't see us going there and, and, and conceding seven goals um, because we're so well organised in Europe especially so um yeah, it's been a magnificent achievement for Gerard. It's been a fantastic, it'll be, it will be a fantastic legacy for him, the European results. Right, before we, we go into uh, Sunday's game, David, I'll, I'll highlight the uh, partnership with, with Rangers Picks. Uh, if you fancy the chance of winning a, a share of a £1,000 prize money, then play Rangers Picks. The new Rangers Pickums game, uh, which is available to play for every Rangers game. Uh, it's a totally free Pickums game. And as I say, there's a thousand pound prize money there, uh, or you'll get a share of it. The more people that play, the more money the club gets. So if you can, if you fancy doing that, get on it. Uh, to play, all you have to do is visit www.rangerspicks.com. Uh, complete a series of questions uh, about the game and give yourself a chance of winning that that money. Uh, I can confirm that we've had a couple of winners here at Jersey already. You have to be over 18 years of age to play. Terms and conditions apply, as always, guys. And please remember to play responsibly. Uh, right, David, on to, to uh, Sunday against Dungeon United. Uh, obviously, they're, they're back up this year, you know, after a, a few years down in the doldrums. Uh, looking at Stephen Gerrard's press conference today, I found it quite interesting that uh, he, descri- he described it as a rivalry. Uh, almost like like a derby and I quite like in fact I don't quite like I love how he just constantly refers to them as Dundee you know what I mean I, I, that that is totally up my street uh, but yeah it, it, the, the fact that I mean Gerard was away when you know things were really sour between the two clubs you know there was a lot of sort of verbal jousting going on but the fact that he's talking that way is, is, is that a sign of just how sort of strange relations are between the two clubs I don't know. I don't, I don't really see it as much anymore. Um, it's just another game to me, really, at this stage. But yeah, it's interesting to, see, to hear him say that. I think, you know, when you look at Rangers at the moment, probably the biggest games of our season will be against Celtic. Out with that, you know, it's always Aberdeen, Hibs are the big games for us in terms of we know we're going to be in. There's a wee bit, there's a wee bit of there, and that's good. That's That's healthy. Uh, but I don't think Dundee United are, are quite the Dundee United that they were, um, you know, nine or ten years ago. So they've got a wee bit to go before they're sort of at the level of challenging um, top four or five teams. But, yeah, I mean, they'll always be a wee bit there. But I don't think it's maybe quite as bitter as it was, um, you know, when we played them in the, for the Scottish Cup semi-final. And I think that was 2014. I think there's a lot of needle then, but now, now to me it's just another game, and I think we just approach it like that. You know, the United, as I say, they're, they're still a team that are sort of building, so they're not quite as good as maybe. Uh, I'm not going to trouble the, the sort of top four or five teams. So I think until then, until it becomes a a proper rivalry and they're one of the bigger teams in the league, uh, because I think they're a big club, but until they're one of the bigger teams in the league. Um, I don't know if it'd be so much a rivalry, maybe some historical bitter, bitterness there, but in terms of rivalry, I always judge that by teams that are sort of competing at the top end of the table, and I don't think they're quite at that level just yet. Uh, in terms of the, the you know, the, the team tomorrow, you know, obviously no Tavernier. Uh, the, the way Gerard was talking today, he's going to go with Balogun. You were sort of suggesting earlier on that you think Wright might come in. I would imagine given the roof's injured, you know, that Morelos will start tomorrow. In terms of that middle three then, who 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 do you think we go with? Because, I mean, Stephen Davis has played a lot of football, you know what I mean? And he's, he's not had much breaks. Arfield is available again. Ryan Jack is, is available again. 
So does he go with the tried and trusted and the guys that have, have got him the results so far this season or does he mix it up a wee bit tomorrow? Um, I think Davis will play. I think Davis will play the next four games in the league. Easy. Just to try and get us over the line. Um, and then I think I think Jack will probably play. And then I think that third position will just be a toss-up between Aribo Arfield and... Uh, Kamara, but I think I think maybe Arfield actually after playing 60-65 minutes last night might start the bench tomorrow or sorry on Sunday. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if it is Aribo, because I think he's been good. And I think Gerard quite likes in the games against teams that will sit in to have Aribo because you know he can he can work that open and he can sort of probe a defence and, and take um take the ball into forward areas. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Davis, Jack and, and uh, Aribo. I would love to see Scott Wright play on Sunday from the start because I think he deserves it, actually. I think his cameos in the league have been good and he's a player that knows the league. You know, it's, it's not got that sort of Europa League uncertainty because he's not played at that level just yet. So it'd be good to see him play. Um, and then I think I think Kent will play. So Kent Morella's right. Aribo, Jack Davis would probably be my midfield and attack um, and then I think Balogun, Hollander, Goldson, Barisic, McGregor will probably be the, the back line. And if it is that, then, you know, I am a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to disagree, David? Who am I to disagree? <laughs> uh, previous games this season, fairly convincing Ibrox 4 0. Uh, I think that was a game that Arfield sort of announced that he was going to have a good season. He came on that day and got a late goal. A bit tighter up at Tannadice, 2-1. How do you think it will go on, on Sunday? I, I, I'm hoping that we really get a reaction for Thursday night because I think we all felt going into the game last night that it's, it was maybe a game that Rangers needed. You know, I think, I think again, I think it was John that was saying that, you know, we've been going into games recently just so much riding on every single game. The pressure was on every game and it was almost as if they were going through a, a, a sort of rhythm of, right, we just need to get the points and then get out. Last night provided a wee change, you know, obviously you want to win the game and there's a certain amount of pressure, it's a big game, it's a big competition, but the expectations aren't as high and I, I, I do feel that Rangers, the players express themselves a wee bit better in Europe, they look a wee bit freer and I think when we've been playing in the Europa League, the, the performances domestically have been better, so I'm hoping, you know, that we see a sort of, a, a wee, I don't think Rangers have been playing that bad of late, but you know, maybe a wee return to the sort of early season form because we're back in that that big sort of European arena game. We're playing at a higher level, higher players, and I thought that brought the best out of us. Uh, you know, earlier on in the season. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think um, I don't think we played badly. I actually thought last week was pretty comfortable. Um, I saw someone tweeting today saying that they think the Rangers TV are editing the games to make it look like we won. I saw that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think we've played okay. Um, the depressing, really depressing thing is that last game at Ibrooks against them, I actually watched it in a pub in Kilmarnock. Um, when that I was does de- sound depressing. Uh, <laughs> I was down visiting mom and dad um, with a few, I had a few beers that day. I was a bit well on in a pub drinking draft lager. I mean, it's, it's it must, have, must how, have been a long time ago. It's incredible how long ago it feels, <laughs> but it was only a few months. Um, I think that was September. So yeah, that that is the depressing aspect of it. But um, yeah, I think that last night for me, and the more I've thought about it today, actually, um, I would love to see us just bust out the traps tomorrow. Yeah, I keep saying tomorrow on Sunday, um, and just absolutely fly out the traps and 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 score a couple in the first half because I feel like we'll be feeling really good I think a game like that where and I spoke to you about the game yesterday in the, in the build up when we were saying how, how much we were looking forward to it and I was and I didn't have any anxiety or, or nerves before the game because you know it wasn't the league and I think the league games have been bringing a, a level of anxiety recently because you know the, what's at stake and how close we are I think last night we were able to you know um, take the shackles off a wee bit and yeah really express ourselves properly and, and go for the game and not so much worry when we conceded goals they didn't panic the team we were very calm 
which have really impressed me because in recent years when we've conceded goals as soft as we did last night, um, you know, the first one in Barisic lets a guy go, soft penalty, and then the third one, which is a decent strike, Goldson just didn't quite get out the first time. Um, we didn't panic last night, we, we just kept doing what we were doing because I think we knew we had that safety net at the, the second leg. I'd love to see us take that form into the league and just show a bit of swagger, a bit of confidence. Yeah. So I think that's maybe we've been lacking, just that. And I get it, I absolutely get it, because no matter how well you've been playing, no matter how many games unbeaten we are, that must be nerve-wracking, knowing what's, what you're going to deliver to the Rangers fans, which, contrary to popular belief, I don't think has anything to do with what anyone else is doing. It's all about the the, the crap we've put up with our, for all these the last years, ten, last ten years to yeah. get the first league title. That's the, because there's times in the past, um, the past three or four years where, sorry, not maybe four or five years, where I just th- felt we were never getting back. And we've discussed that in the podcast that we we're just never going to win the league again. Um, so that for the team and, and largely a team that's not won a league title, I can understand the nerves and anxiety. They they feel like us when they go on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're just hoping that we can just get it done as quickly as possible. So I would like to think that the European game would have a wee rub-off effect um, and we would be able to just go out and have a bit more confidence in what we do because we know, I think I think Thursday night proved if we just keep doing what we're doing, we can beat stubborn teams that are going to sit in because ultimately that's what they did last night and they were I thought they were okay um, at that. I didn't think they were a very good team. I actually thought they were a bit hatchet men, but... Um, they sat in, they were hard to beat, but we beat them, we scored four goals, don't forget, so um, four goals against a, you know, I saw your man in the European preview the other night, yeah. boy from Belgium, and he was saying that, he said Mikel. that don't concede many goals. Um, he, he got that one wrong, to be fair, he was right with the goalkeeper, he did, he did warn us that their goalkeeper was honking, mm-hmm. uh, he was right with that, but I he was, he predicted a nil-nil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Exactly and it, was, it was a very opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, you know, I just hope that we, we show a bit of swagger on Sunday. Saturday again, I kind of get Saturday out of my head. I'm obviously, yeah. I'm obviously just losing the plot. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can, we can show a bit of um, confidence from, from Thursday's result. In terms of Dungeon United, final point for the night, David, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of having a look at the last couple of games uh, and you know they beat is it Levy they beat last week you know set up a sort of four two three one with the boy Shankland up front in uh, the Motherwell game beforehand kind of went four four two with a diamond uh, with Nicky Clarkson at the top of the diamond so th- they've got a bit of variety but it all seems to be you know to try and get one Shankland and you know he seems to be their main man up there uh, we've spoke about him in the past you know in the WhatsApp and stuff like that. I, What's, what's your thoughts on him? I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a good player and he, he does seem to be Dungeon United's main man. There's a lot of chat about him. Uh, do you think he's someone that might be considered for one of the bigger clubs at some point in the future? Um, I think if he keeps getting the sort of stats he's gotten in recent weeks, I think if he can keep performing well, I like him. I think he, he knows where the goal is. Would he score goals in a Rangers team? The amount of goal uh, chances he would get a game? Perhaps if we, how much would we have to spend? You know, Dundee United, like every club in Scotland, but you know they're having a wee bit of financial trouble in terms of just the money coming in, which is understandable. How much would we be able to get them for? Would it be a risk worth taking? Would the money on offer be, you know, reasonable enough to to take a punt and see how you get on? If that answer was yes, and if it was a reasonable sum, I wouldn't be against them coming to Rangers. Uh, but, I mean, that's probably followed in line for now. I think it's important for him to prove himself in top flight. And I think the way that Mickey Mellon, the best name in football, that, by the way. <laughs> uh, I just love, I could say it all day. But the way Mickey Mellon has been uh, set the team up, I think it's been, he's been trying to shoehorn McNulty, Clark and Shankland into the team. Because yeah. obviously three top quality players in the league, certainly in that level of the league. Uh, but I think now he's sort of dropped Clark and McNulty and he's focusing on getting Shankland in the team and in his best position and I think that's proven a good thing because they're, they're picking up a few results now so it'll be interesting I think if we play our game one but 
I think Dundee, Dundee United have got quality in certain areas of the pitch and they can hurt us, so we need to make sure that we give them the respect. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, Shankland, for me, would would potentially be an option for us. But maybe people will disagree. I know people will. I know there's a, there's a sort of thing with him, and I think it's a there's question marks over his suitability to bigger clubs. I think he'd be worth a worth a punt. And now I've given my view, but what do you think, Colin? Well, the, some of the goals that he's finished, uh, you know, he, he tidy finisher, but I was looking at his stats today and they're sort of similar. They're, in fact, they're almost identical to Nicky Clark. And that made me think, well, would he, would he score more goals here? I don't know. But, you know, the, the, it's, it's all about, you know, you never know with some players until they make that move. And I do think there's a bit of, I don't know if it's snobbery, but there is this thing now when, whenever Rangers are linked with Scottish players, you see a lot of the supporters saying, oh, what are we going for him for? You know, it's got to be someone, you know, with a fancy name coming from abroad sometimes, I think. So I think we do need to, to, to get back to making the Courier team Scottish. You know what I mean? Because I, th- I, th- I think if we're playing in the Scottish League, then, you know, having that sort of, as you say, people that know the league helps. It's going, to be, uh, but, it's going to be difficult to to do the sort of um, the deals that we would have done previously because of Brexit and stuff like that as well. And, yeah, yeah, that's going to be know, a game changer. The, the more you look at um, the Scottish market, but you know better than me, but back in the 90s and the Euro years, you know, I don't think, was there still a snobbery about buying? Well, in the early part of the 90s, I, I mean, I don't even think you'd be born then, there was a there was a three foreigner rule. So you could only have three foreigners, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we, we had to we had to sign Scottish players, and it didn't do us any harm, you know what I mean. So I I, I do think we need to try and get back into that sort of mindset mm. and try and get more sort of Scottish players in the team. Uh, whether it's Lauren Shanklin though is 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 another thing. Uh, one final thing about uh, Sunday's game: if Rangers TV could reply to my email and get me hooked up, that would be great because that's two weeks in a row I've not been hooked up. Uh, so that would that, that would be brilliant. Uh, and before we go, before we sort of finish up, I think it's maybe worthwhile mentioning Scott Allen today. Uh, I think we all know he made a bit of a, a rear end at going to Celtic and, you know, he pissed us all off. But, you know, bad news from today, you know, announced that he's got a heart condition. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact in his career, but, you know, I don't think we want to see anyone going through that. So I, I thought I would give him a wee mention as well. Uh, so, guys, that's that's it for this special bonus edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast. Uh, join us on Sunday. We'll have a, a show on Sunday, the flagship show on Sunday, uh, covering the, 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 the game of Sunday, obviously, against Dungeon United. Um, no doubt we'll have a few other things to talk about as well. Ross is hosting, Alex Anderson and myself are guessing. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Guys, as I keep on saying to you, look after yourself. If you're struggling, speak to someone in these strange times. Uh, And until Sunday night, bye for now.